Hello and welcome. My name's Pete Rushmer and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We're all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. If you love today's podcast, please do share it, subscribe and let all your friends know how great the podcast is. Thank you. I'm buzzing today. Gary is your local action coach in Peterborough. His philosophy is based on achieving clarity, getting focused and taking action. During a 31-year career in the RAF, Gary reached the rank of wing commander. I've got to be careful how I say that, rank of a wing commander. The highlight of his career was his appointment as a commanding officer of one of the RAF's frontline flying squadrons, where he led 175 people across three continents. Gary also has his corporate experience in sales, marketing and strategy, but his real passion is his action coach coaching business, where his time is spent helping business owners to get what they want in business and in life. Gary uses the world's number one business growth system from Action Coach to support growing businesses, whether working on their vision, planning their finances or getting their marketing and sales working well. Gary can help business owners to get where they want to be faster than they could do it on their own. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Catch you soon. And the red light is rolling. I'm joined today by Gary Crosby, Action Coach Peterborough. Super pleased to have you with me today, Gary. Thank you for joining. Very happy to be with you, Pete. Very happy indeed. And Gary has just been giving me a bit of a rip because I've uh, not bought my Blue Yeti microphone today. So I'm going to be heavy breathing down the microphone. So I do apologise up front if if there's any challenges with that at all. So uh, Gary, are you able to just give a brief introduction to yourself to the listeners, please? Yeah, uh, my name is Gary Crosby. Um, I spent most of my adult life in the Royal Air Force, hence the um, model of the aeroplane that you can see behind me. After that, I went off to work in uh, the corporate world and decided really quickly that um, it was the worst possible place for me to be. So I left the corporate world and became a business coach. I bought the Action Coach franchise, which is actually, it's a franchise that covers the whole of the East of England, but of course that's not particularly practical. So I kind of sent myself in Peterborough. I live just to the south of Peterborough. uh, And that's where I've been working for the last two and a bit years, coaching small business owners. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to sharing your insights from that very broad history yeah. uh and uh, i'm sure i'm sure looking at that your list of things there's going to be there's going to be quite a lot of insight that comes out of them so for the listeners there's six amazing half dozen things uh that gary's come up with which is it's okay if you don't want to take over the world the second one is multitasking is bullshit number three listen to the gurus but find a system that works yeah. for you Number four, timeless principles beat fashion every time. Five, face your situation with brutal honesty. And number six, when you dream, dream big and small at the same time. So amazing, amazing half dozen things. Really, really inventive. And uh, I'm looking forward to exploring those with Mm. you, Gary. So um, first of all, let's start with the first things first. It's okay if you don't want to take over the world. Are you okay to just explain that one a little bit more, please, Gary? Yeah, of course. So... um... I think that when people log on to LinkedIn and and places like that, when they go to networking events and people ask that really, it's kind of like a really heavily loaded question, isn't it? You know, how's business? And people feel under a little bit of pressure to kind of slightly, uh, to talk about their expansive plans and the fact that everything's going well and so on and so forth. And uh, what I've learned talking to hundreds of small business owners over the last couple of years is that there's quite a lot of people who don't want that. They don't want to go global. They don't want to be the best in Peterborough or the best in Cambridgeshire. They just want to have a business that, you know, suits them and and does what they do. 
Uh, and one of the things that we do in Action Coach is we try and make a really good connection between the life that somebody's decided they want to have and the business. Because normally, when you make that connection, then it, you, you get some kind of balance between the two. And so I say to my uh, clients, look, you don't have to take over the world. It's okay if you don't want to go global, because what we need to do here is find a business balance, life balance, if you like, that, that makes it right for you. Now, so sometimes we end up talking about the numbers, you know, so someone will say, right, in order to, for me to, you know, put a new car on the drive, pay the mortgage, do what I need to do for the kids, go on holiday once or twice a year, then the number that I need to take out of the business is this. And we can work towards creating a business that does that, even if it's just them. And for some people, that number is bigger and it needs them and somebody else or them and two or three other people or, you know, more than one office or more than one shop or something like that. And we, and we work on that. But my point is, most people think when they get a business coach, it's like, right, we've got to go global, you know, and for some clients, I do do that, you know, but for most people, it's just about let's find out what it is that you want to get out of it and work towards that instead. Okay, perfect. So that, that then raises a couple of questions for me to ask you, Gary. Yeah. One is, okay, so, and it's not often, it's not often that you get to ask these kinds of questions to a coach. So you, you must get to know people very, very well and in depth. Yep. And when you look at them, will you see if there's a, okay, so first of all, how do the numbers vary between different clients? Uh, so some people have got what I would consider to be a, a, a primary focus on their families. And so some people might say, look, to pay the mortgage, do all those things I mentioned earlier on, I need to take out of the business two and a half thousand pounds a month. And if I could do that every month reliably, I'd be absolutely delighted. Now, some people have got slightly more expansive you know, mindset and they're thinking, well, actually, I want to change the house that I've got for a bigger house or I've got some plans to send the kids to a different school or I'm really a bit of a petrol head and it means a lot to me to have a different kind of vehicle on the road and the highest I've, I've had so far was £12,000 a month from a client who was asked to work out what it would take you know and that was skiing holidays and two weeks summer holidays and all this kind of stuff and I don't mind you know it's up to the client entirely that's that's the thing as you say I get to know them really well you know, the good and the bad things about them. And that, therefore, when we get to that point, and we're talking about those personal things, normally we can get to the point where they say, here's a number that, that I'm going to have to go for. Amazing. And yeah. so, so it could be anything between the 2000 and 12,000 pound mark is potentially, um, which is quite broad, which is quite broad. And I suppose for you to operate in, do you, um, do you ever see there's a disparity between what people say they want and the reality of what they really, really want, because often people are confused by both of those things. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a need. So many people will start with what they need. So this is the absolute bare minimum that gets me, you know, a comfortable family situation in which I feel that like the business is supporting my family. Um, and those, that is, does tend to be at that lower end of that scale. And when you push people and prod them, we do something at the beginning of all of our coaching programs called uh, an alignment. And in the alignment, that dream about what could be is allowed to come out. And some people feel really uncomfortable with that. And I've, uh, I've, I've found that interesting. A couple of, Some people, you go, what color is the stitching in your helicopter? And, and they'll just tell you straight away because they've already thought about it. You know, and I know how ridiculous that sounds. I, I never ask that question, by the way. It's just, just an example. But for other people thinking like that, they just can't do it. You know, they can't envisage themselves in a house that's got a pool or driving around in a car that, you know, their dad would never have driven or something like that. So there's all sorts of things that, that get in the way. And I like people to just open up and have a, have a think about what it could be rather than just what they need. Awesome. Turquoise, by the way, that's going to be the color of my Lam Lamborghini Aventador. Nice. Nice. Look yeah. forward to that. <laughs> yeah like turqu they do a turquoise blue it's absolutely beautiful and yeah. uh but um one of the things one of my goals so my goals have changed via coaching mm -hmm. so i started out probably with smaller goals than uh i now aim for but i actually have aimed for a supercar in every one of the flagship colors <laughs> and the lamborghini the, the lamborghini yes. is going to be something like that yes okay Lovely. and then the ferrari is going to be the red of course and then I'm going to have a Mustang, which is like the purple. But yeah, anyway, so I've planned it all out. 
That's a big garage. You're going to need to need. You're going to need a new house for that. I'm definitely going to need a new house too, but it's fine <laughs> because that that's kind of the that that's now the benchmark where Mags and I go looking at houses, or we go on our walks around and what have you. We'll mm. look at a house and she'll go, "Yeah, you could park a Lamborghini on the drive of that." <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference in a way between um, you know the growth mindset and the fixed mindset, and you can read about this in all sorts of places, but. I, I quite like this idea that, you know, the situation you're in isn't the way it's got to be for the rest of your life. You know, my stepfather worked in a factory that made shock absorbers for cars. And as far as he was concerned, that was it. You know, there were no other options. He was quite closed in, in his mindset. But for people who are just prepared to say, well, look, I'm here right now, but I could be anywhere. You know, Elon Musk started somewhere and Jeff Bezos started somewhere. But that growth mindset makes a, a lot of difference. You don't have to just believe it's going to happen. You can't on your way to success, as Brad Sugars often says to us. He's the, the boss of Action Coach. Um, but you can dream, you know, as we'll do la- later on in number six, you can dream big and that's allowed. There's no problem with that at all. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and I think, I think that's massively true. You know, I think um, whilst I don't want to take over the world, but when, I, when I sort of reflect on, what, on, on the point you're making, I think that I don't necessarily want to take over the world, but I do want to have, it seems like a paradox almost that you want, you want to achieve great things. And, and for me, achievement is around not so much financial gain, but also the freedom of choice for my family, yeah. but also around, um, I think, being able to spend time with them as well. And I, 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 see, I see the sacrifices that you have to make for going global or going really, really, um, you know, looking for sort of a, do- a domination, so to speak. Mm. And um, it's almost, I, I guess it's kind of not losing yourself along the way and, um, and staying true to yourself. And I think for me, that's a worry because I know I am so driven and sometimes I need to just sort of pull back a little bit. Mm. Uh, is that is that something you you see on a regular basis, Gary? Not just when you speak to me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, I do. I, I see people who don't have a sense of balance, um, and I'm not talking about you because I know you're very committed to your family. But I see people who will, you know, they will scatter all before them in order to pursue the thing that they want to pursue. And sometimes they look back at a later stage in their life at everything that they've lost as a result of that, whether that's a relationship or access to the children or anything like that with the deepest sense of regret. But at the time, it's very difficult to, for people to see that, you know. And, and I think, you know, there's, there was a great business story last week with the young man, I can't remember his name, who, who founded Gymshark, you know, who's just sold it for many millions and um, has made a considerable fortune out, out of that after starting on the kitchen table, um, you know, sewing gym wear together for him and his friends. You know, so people can unexpectedly the what's another good example the cambridge satchel company was the same you know the lady and her mother making satchels on the kitchen table and then going global these things do happen and it just it's it's look it's part of it is luck part of it is opportunity part of it is making your own luck part of it is being ambitious and driven it's just up to you how hard and how fast you want to go really yeah, definitely. Uh, I, th- I think the Gymshark story is yeah. fascinating. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And he's done really, really well. 28, 29, I think he is, mm. the lad. It's sickening, really, to be honest. Ooh, ooh, the green horns of envy have just poked <laughs> out, Pete. What's going on there? I thought you'd be the champion for people like that. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Uh, and and I, think, I think I say that to be a little bit humble, but yeah. I think fair play to yeah. him, you know. He, he's, he's worked really, really hard. I read... Um, I read the interview with him and I, I actually loved, I loved the thing he said. So they've just done a deal. He sold part of the company for multi-millions that, that's uh, valued at a billion mm-hmm. pounds. And uh, they've asked him how, what he's going to do to celebrate. And he's like, he's, he said, I can't remember the last time I got up after 6am. So I think I'm probably going to have a bit of a lie until about half six and then take my dog nice. for a walk. Nice. I thought that was amazing. Incredible, right? So that just goes to show the measure of how driven he is and the sacrifices that he's probably yeah. made to get to where he yeah, is. Yeah, agree. So, uh, yeah, very much fair play to him. So I sort of, I do joke around about the green-eyed monster and don't get me wrong, I'd, I, you know, I'd love to have flagship valued at that, at that. But, you know, he's got a great brand. He's got a great yeah. brand and he's got great values um, and he differentiates himself well in the marketplace. I think yeah. it's, you know, they've done an incredible job and I look on in admiration, to be honest, um, and, uh, and and hope that I can one day achieve similar things. Um, okay, so let's move on to number two, which I love as well. 
multitasking is bullshit. Yeah, I've, uh, it feels like you picked that specifically for me, I Gary. Not, it feels please. like you're talking to me there. I did not. I did not. I tell you what, I, I've um, this. This comes from my Air Force career. It comes from my corporate career. It comes from my coaching career, and it's one of the things I see quite often where people are exceptionally proud of how busy they are and I'm sure you've met people like that you know and and to them going into work at six and staying till six and being back to back in meetings all day and being busy spinning plates and squeezing you into the diary and all of that sort of stuff is like a badge of honor it's like a badge of honor look I'm so busy I can't get to you for the next couple of weeks or you know I'll try and get to you between meetings because I'm back to back all day long well that's that's great that's great. But I happen to think it's bullshit because the really good work that people do is when they get really focused. You know, if you read, um, what's his name? I've written it down. Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. Um, and he talks about, you know, Bill Gates used to take his thinking weeks, which is, I guess, great if you're a multimillionaire owner of a software company, more multi-billionaire. Um, but his point in that book is that if you're trying to do something, so let's say we were going to write a script for a video, right? Because I know you're big into to, to the video stuff. And you set aside half an hour to do that. And the minute the first little envelope symbol pops up on the screen or the phone makes a sound or something like that, you pick that up. Cal says that the research shows that the likelihood of you getting back to full focus on that previous task is it takes about 40 minutes for that to happen. So, multitasking wastes so much time because you're jumping around between these different things. In Action Coach, I like the idea of a default diary. You know, we've talked about this and the idea that you should set some blocks of time aside. So if you're going to make some prospecting phone calls, put that block aside and switch everything else off. That's the kind of focus that really helps people. If you create immovable objects in the diary um, so that that can happen, you know, that's going to help you to focus on something. And people say to me, they go, Gary, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm in demand and the phone will ring or somebody will come in or, or something like that. And I say to them, okay, so let's think about something that does happen in your week, regardless of anything else. And it's normally centered on children. You know, they go, oh, well, you know, Lottie goes to her ballet class on a Friday evening. All right. So that happens every week and you're always there. Yeah, 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 always. All right. So you can set time aside like that. You just don't do it in the workday. You won't do it in the workday because you like to be busy and like to be in demand and look how important I am because people are knocking on the door. But it's focus. And the ones that the clients I see that get real success are the ones that are really prepared to focus on something and just say, for this hour, I'm going to do that and no, nothing is going to interrupt me. Amazing. Yeah, and I think I think you're absolutely right. Multitasking is bullshit. And I've met so many people. <laughs> I've, met, I've met so many people, whether in corporate or, or in business. There's nothing. Go to a networking event. Oh, how's things going? Yeah, really busy. Really, really busy. Oh, are you? Are you? Yeah. Okay. Is that why you're networking? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. It's good. I'd say to, sometimes I say to clients, so last week, let's have a look back at last week. Out of 10, how busy were you? Oh, 11. It's always 11 or 12. Yeah. yeah, I'm really busy, really busy. Okay. Yeah. In the same week out of 10, how effective have you been? Oh, probably four or five or six or whatever, you know, numbers around that sort of thing. And I don't do this to be flippant or, or anything like that with people. I go, so I guess it's more important for you to be busy than effective. And, you know, it's not meant to be a stupid catch-all question. It's just meant to highlight the fact that you can be as busy as, as you like. But focus really does make a difference. And the clients I've got who are prepared to put those immovable objects in their diary are the ones who get stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, actually. So something I've done uh, recently, which I think has increased my productivity, was um, I plan my week in advance now. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I sit on Trello. I use Trello. Um, other software systems are available. I, I sit and I plan out my following week and I put times against things and the yeah. time that I'm going to spend doing them. And um, sometimes I find, so this morning I, um, I got up and sometimes I feel compelled to do stuff just because I think it's the right thing to do. So strangely, I got up this morning. Uh-huh. I, I, I got, <laughs> look, yeah. look, look, look at the coaching hat come on. I'm everybody. curious now, yeah. <laughs> I got up at six o'clock this morning and I felt a little bit guilty that I'd had a lion on a Monday morning. Mm-hmm. But I was planned for the week. 
and I didn't have my first appointment wasn't until nine o'clock this morning but I knew that I wanted to get some exercise in but yesterday I'd run 14 kilometers so Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to do anything strenuous but I thought I'd get some fresh air and take the dog for a walk so I sat and I had coffee and I planned some social media posts and post some social media posts but I actually felt really really anxious because I felt like I wasn't busy and Mm. I'm, I'm almost having to retrain myself away from that anxiety of just feeling busy and, and b- being busy for the sake of it. I don't know if anyone listening resonates with that at all, but I was just sat there for probably about an hour drinking coffee, doing stuff on my phone. And really I just needed to chill out, put my phone down and just actually watch the news, which was what my intention was. But actually yeah. there was an hour of news gone by and I've just wasted an hour trying to be productive when actually mm. I didn't need to be at all. And it's funny because most people in small business, small and medium sized businesses, They'll never find out what the benefit of that one hour of strategic thinking is because it's not in their mindset to do that and they don't give themselves the opportunity, you know. So um, it's a bit like, you know, you've been to my growth club planning workshop. When people come to the planning workshop for the day, sometimes they say afterwards, well, the actual real benefit was the fact that I wasn't at work for a day and I've sat for six hours and thought about my business, um, which people don't give themselves a chance to do. And, And, you know, good things come from that. I've seen lots of people come up with ideas and, change the way they do business and change the branding and all that kind of stuff based on the fact that they've given themselves a bit of thinking time. So it's very important. It's very important. And you don't get any prizes for being busy. No, 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 100%. And actually, I created, when I took the dog for a walk, I created quite a coherent video. It was only a 45, 50-second video, but in that time, I'd prepared the message. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if that lands, when, when I post it out, if that lands the way I anticipate it to, um, it will really increase awareness of the mental health training that I do because yeah. I'd really felt that anxiety that morning. I'd really felt it. So the message was really genuine. Um, and uh, actually it had given me a bit of bigger thinking to go, right, this is the message I'm going to deliver mm. and that's going to go out on LinkedIn tomorrow. It's now with my marketing, Abby in my marketing department and she's subtitling yeah. it and getting it all prepared, ready to go. And uh, that's an hour well spent if that generates some business off the back of it. Massively right? so. And, and dog walking is hugely underrated as a thinking time you know because it is hopefully if nothing goes wrong it's just you and your thoughts and getting yourself into that sort of thinking space where as long as you leave your phone uh, you know in, in a position where it can't interrupt you then you're going to get something good out of it yeah 100 yeah. 100 mm. I, I particularly like running for that as well okay brilliant so multitasking is bullshit we've established yes. that um <laughs> moving on to the third area which is uh listen to the gurus but find a system that works for you have you found a system that works for you gary i have because i've started to think about the the way in which i use my time you know and that's been really important to me and and, and the, my coaching clients they normally have fortnightly coaching so i see them once every couple of weeks and what i'd done was i'd scattered all of those people all across the month and i thought to myself that system for me is not giving me the time and space to think about my business, create content, do the things that you've been talking about, like videos and, and stuff like that, which is important, I think, for me. So as, the, as I've reshuffled the diary over time, what I've tried to do now is to get all of my coaching clients into one week and the second week, which um, is, is this week, in fact, is, is a week in which I can work on the business before I see all my clients again the following week. And just that little diary system reshuffle has helped me to spend a little bit more time on the business. That works for me. And what I see is that some clients, they're avid fans of, you know, Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and Brad Sugars and all these people. And they, they do, they watch all that. So they consume avidly all of that content and they try to replicate it, which is great. You know, was it Steve Jobs who said, you know, find somebody who's really good at at what you want to do and just copy them. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I can't remember, you know, but so, so people do that. And by trying to force themselves into using that kind of system, they they fail because it's just not the system for them. And therefore, you've got to really interpret it in a way that I think um, works for you. So, for example, in the planning workshops, as, we, as we've said, people create a chart and it's got some post-it notes on it. And it is the simplest way of visualizing a plan. And for some people, it just doesn't work. And they go home and put it all into a spreadsheet or they go home and put it into a mind map or they go home and do it in a different way. And, and I say to people... You don't have to stick to this stuff. Learn from the best. Read that stuff. Watch that stuff on YouTube. But then turn it into something that really resonates with you. Otherwise, you just won't use it. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I, I don't know about me, but I tend, to, I tend to steer away from some of the bigger 
the bigger current people like Tony Robbins and what have you. I don't know why, yeah. but part of it, I'm a little bit turned off by that. I, I think I like to find the the people specifically that I that I like to listen to. So that I I found out about Breno Brown. I'd never even heard of Breno Brown. Right. Who I got suggested to her during a podcast. Actually, I was interviewing someone and asked. I I said how I believe vulnerability and courage were really closely aligned. Right. And they were like, oh, have you been watching Brene Brown? And I was like, I've never even heard of her. And, right. uh, but yeah, so apparently, apparently what I said is backed by an awful lot of research, um, mm. which is quite interesting because it means that sometimes my thinking's on the right track. But um, no, I, I totally agree with you in that. And actually, fundamentally, it's probably one of the biggest challenges I've found is working out what works for me mm. personally. And, and, uh, more than that, and even deeper than that, particularly when you've been in corporate for so long and worked for other people, because I found to get, I found over years and years of working in a career, working for other people was you kind of bent over backwards to meet meet whatever objectives they set for you and mm. to meet the goals that they set for you. Yeah. So you kind of end That's up true. morphing. You kind of end up morphing into someone that you're not, and actually the beauty of being in business on your own and being your own person is that you get to be your person. Um, and, and one of the learning curves or that I continue, I continue to learn and that actually creating the podcast has really helped me as well. And that is actually to shape who, who I really am and, and the way that I want to do things because, mm. and I, I try to steer away from other people. I think for that fact, because I listen to books for a purpose because I want to learn something from them, not mm. really to see or try and imitate anyone else. And I think that's one of the things that I really don't want to do is to imitate. But yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are to that. Copying good principles and good ideas and good methodologies, I think is, you know, a lot of business owners do that anyway, because it's, it's, there's plenty of great examples around it for people who are genuinely um, keen to, set themselves apart in business to, to show some kind of differentiation, being able to be yourself is very important. Really, really important. You know, people talk about authenticity. They talk about honesty and integrity in the way that you present yourself. Eventually that output and that content, those relationships, those handshakes and those meetings, people will start to get a sense of, of who you really are. And particularly in coaching, perhaps, you know, people say this all the time, people buy from people, but I think particularly in coaching, someone's got to look at me and go, he's a complete idiot. I would never work with him or I actually like him and I feel like I can trust him and therefore I will go and have a conversation with him. Um, and it's that bit that I think this kind of stuff really does for people. You know, you, you have to get yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I think um, it's very difficult when you read a book and you try and implement and uh, to all those people out there who read books and then don't implement anything, you're no better off having read the book by the way. Make sure yes. you implement, make sure you implement what you learn and go back and revisit it because in the future that book will tell you something that you need now, which you weren't ready for back then because you won't have picked up the message, mm. uh, which is something that I've found to particulars. I've revisited stuff. However, you know, I, I've listened to books and there's, there's little snippets I've taken away. We've recently been reading as part of Gary's book club for those listening. It's a fantastic book club. Just going to shout that out. Thank We've been you. listening to <laughs> fanatical prospecting, um, which is a fantastic book. Mm. And there are certain elements of it that don't fully align with my business, but I take what's valuable and implement that. And uh, there's an awful lot of value in there and so much reassurance around, do you know what? Interrupting people when you do prospecting, you have to interrupt people and it yep. is difficult and it is horrific and it is a horrible thing to do. But guess what? If you don't do it, then your business will die. Mm. So you've kind of got to do it. And, um, <laughs> you know, obviously you could implement that word for word, but actually you've got to find the right way for your business. Is that, is that fair? It, it, it is fair because you know the for most people there are there's there's concern around prospecting and interrupting people and I get that but if it's not you to pick up that phone and have that conversation then outsource it or find somebody who can do that on your behalf to to make that that first step for you because maybe the second or third step you are in that conversation but it's a little bit warmer um, if you're fearless and I've met a few people like this who will happily pick up the phone a hundred times and, and get told to get lost you know, 99 times, then again, that's, that's your system for you if you're comfortable with that environment. So absolutely agree. You've got to find a system that works for you because if you don't, you'll just be kind of plowing away at something that just doesn't feel right. And it's never going to work in that case. Yeah. I admire that fearlessness. I'm not that fearless. No, I'm I, li- I, li- <laughs> I I'm like, I like to, I like to, I'd like to think I'm fearless, but 
no really really not and i've i've deliberately focused recently on reading books around fearlessness i've I've just read the short read of susan jeffers feel the fear and do it anyway mm. which i thought was a really really interesting read actually and uh, i've read another one around from 50 cent actually around fearlessness and even now still it's it's all well and good understanding what fear is but that doesn't help you manage it any better um, no no so. I'm, I'm an action coach because of that book that you just mentioned because I've had two big decision points in my life, right? So I'm in the Air Force. I've been in the Air Force for 31 years. And one morning, I'm sitting there with one leg in my trousers thinking, I don't want to put this uniform on anymore. And it was massive for me. The entire, you know, it'd be my entire adult life was pulling on that uniform every morning and going out and being part of the Air Force. And my wife is very supportive. It's the right time to make a career change and all that sort of stuff. And there's this kind of opportunity that exists in the defense industry, obviously, if you've been in the military, uh, because they like people who've got experience of what they've been, uh, what they sell. So I moved across into the defense industry and it wasn't long. It only took me about three and a half, four years to realize that that environment was not for me. And I came home and I sat there with my wife and I said, this is not for me either, but I'm frightened of giving up the salary and the pension and the car and the medical and all this kind of stuff. And I think she was a bit frightened too, you know, cause it was, it was, it was a good deal if you like. So I'm sitting there and I bought the short read version of feel the fear and do it anyway, accidentally. I meant to buy the full book and, and just click the wrong link and got the short version. And I read through it and I thought, I've just got to do it. I have just got to do it. I've got to find work that means something to me. I've got to get out of bed in the morning and think, right, I'm up for this. I want to get on and get this done. Um, and that's why I became a coach because I read that book and thought, I can't stay in the corporate world. I've got to feel the fear and then just do it anyway and, and go and do it. So that's why I'm a coach, that book. Yeah. That's a really good story. Thank you, Gary. I enjoyed that a lot. No, that's fascinating though. And it's so true because the what's really interesting is she talks about giving, doesn't she, to overcome. Mm-hmm. Like Everything is around what you give and, and don't worry about, giving information away you don't worry about give it's all about what you give mm. and, um yeah fascinating book highly recommend that to anyone yeah okay is it on my, it on my bookcase maybe I'll, oh no there it is quick reads feel the fear and do it anyway that's exactly the one with, I my, with my notes still inside it that's probably the best pound i ever spent as well i yeah. got it for a pound off amazon incredible uh okay cool so timeless principle number four number four timeless principles beat fashion every time that's um, cryptic almost. So explain that one a little bit, Gary. I see a lot of fads and fashions, of course. So, I mean, if we just look at leadership, for example, there's, there's all kinds of different ways about thinking about leadership. It's probably one of the most written about things. It, the, the environment refreshes all the time about how to lead people. If we look at the last four months, it's all been about how to lead people remotely and this kind of stuff. And there's lots of ideas and, and things like that. But I often find that the, the timeless principles that underpin leadership apply still regardless of actually whatever situation we find ourselves in so you know everybody deserves respect everybody wants respect in the workplace um, everybody fears change if, if change is about then people always think first well how will this impact on me you know if we're being a little bit more cynical we might say that people would say what's in it for me um, but certainly they're worried about the impact on them um, but actually if you manage them with those timeless leadership principles of being able to show them respect and communicating well and this kind of stuff. It's still relevant, even if there's a fashion or a fad that's going on at the same time. You know, how, how broadly has marketing changed in the last decade you know, with, the, with the arrival of all of these different social media channels, but the timeless principles of, of differentiating yourself in some way, grabbing people's attention, you know, whether that was as they turned the page of the newspaper with a really well-written advert or now as they're scrolling through to stop them and, and, and make them, you know, think about what you've done, that principle of, of grabbing attention is, is really important. So, and sales, you know, there's so many different ways of, of thinking about sales, but if you listen to people and you understand what it is that they want and need, and then you become a problem solver and, and solve that for them, you know, that's a timeless principle that can be dressed up in any one of the different ways that people talk about sales. So, I'm a, I'm a big fan of let's get back to basics. Let's think about those timeless principles. If we apply them, yes, there's some you know, technological shift that's occurring, but if we apply those timeless principles, it'll be good for people because they will get back to the things that really appeal to human beings. Awesome. 
Awesome. Yeah. And I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. I was reading about this thing called complex simplicity. Simplexity. Oh, brilliant. Which is... Love it. <laughs> have you ever heard I anything haven't, like no. that before? No. No. So I, I, I actually, interestingly, and, and, and this is so random, but actually really fits really well. I saw a Facebook ad pop up and stop me on my newsfeed about people who appreciate complex simplicity. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I was like, that's yeah. paradoxical. I'm going to Google that. Is that an actual thing? And actually complex simplicity is, and it's almost like what you were just talking about, which is around essentially business can be very, very complex, but there's a there's simplicity in, in the fundamental mm. principles of, of what we should do, which is we grab attention, we build trust and then we mm. solve problems. And, um, you know, it's kind of like this simple recipe, but we, that is, ends up being infinitely complex because of all the different ways in which we can mm. sugarcoat it or icing yeah. dust it or whatever we want to do for our business. Um, but yeah, fundamental. It was funny because uh, this morning, uh, obviously this list has been, uh, been here for a couple of weeks, but this morning we have an action coach webinar Monday mornings, eight o'clock every week, just to get the, kick the weekend off, uh, kick the week off. And the guy who was doing it this morning was doing keep it simple, stupid. And he said, one of the best, questions that, that we coaches could ask a business owner is how can we make this more simple now that's a question i've never asked in my coaching but i just i was reflecting on it as i was driving into the office thinking you know what that is a good way of getting people to go back to those basics are we grabbing attention are we listening to what our target audience really wants do we understand what we offer and how that can help them are we able to solve a problem um and sometimes we don't go back to that principle. I think that will be a question that I will be asking uh, clients in the future. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And it actually, it draws, draws me back. When, I, when flagship was first a twinkle in my eye as I was working for Volvo, one of the things I was doing when I was researching what I should do, because I knew I wanted freedom and I knew I wanted to work for myself. And I knew that I wanted to become yes. a multimillionaire. <clears throat> <laughs> no genuinely that, that yeah. those were the things right and um i was listening to books and I was, I was reading stuff and one of the bits of advice was to go to your family and friends and ask them what you're good at and it, this always resonates with me because it's the only time she's ever told me that i'm any good at anything which is my wife <laughs> and maggie said i said maggie what and and i think the terminology in the podcast i was listening to is what's your mm, superpower yes. and i was like what would what would you say my superpower is and she turns around. She turned around to me without even having to think about it, and she goes, "What really impresses me about what you do is you'll take something very complex, fully understand it, and actually digest it into something simple mm. for somebody." That's a skill, isn't it? Which was which resonates with me because I was t- totally dumbstruck because otherwise she thinks I'm totally <laughs> ignorant. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. But yeah, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, timeless principles. Yeah, regardless of fads and fashions, because there are plenty of those about, particularly with social yes. media. And, and and the thing is, is people are selling to you and they're playing into your fear of missing out and what have you. I, you know, I, I don't know if anyone else is the same as me, but you scroll through your newsfeed and literally I am bombarded with funnels are dead or this is dead and you must do this and you must yep. do that. And, you know people are just playing to the fear all the time what you're doing is wrong you must stop Mm. and 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 they're finding a way to stop you and disrupt your thinking and actually if you listen to all that bs then um you just end up following the latest fad whereas actually if you go back to fundamental principles like you say which is how do we stand out what's the offer what's the value proposition Mm. and how do we deliver that in in a marketplace at the moment based on what our competitors are doing and how can we do it better Mm. Stick to your guns if you find something that works. But if you find something that works, tell me. Because <laughs> you might be missing out. No, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I don't have any digital creatives as, as clients. Um, but my other clients, when I talk to them about, okay, so let's talk about the offline um, advertising or, or marketing that you're doing and the online marketing. There's a theme that's come through over the last 18 months is that when they go out into the marketplace and say to the digital creatives and the, and the marketing agencies, what do you think I should do? They often get completely contradictory answers. So I don't think that group that, you know, may, may, maybe that's just the way that these uh, social media systems changed you know, almost daily when it comes to the way the algorithms and the systems worked. But so many of my clients have said to me, well, I asked for advice about, pick a random topic, Facebook advertising. And I got three different responses, which were completely contradictory. 
So as an industry, you know, it's not easy for people to go into that space and find something that works for them because there's, there's a lot of contradictory advice. But, and, and, and literally, now's a good opportunity for me to say it about the time. When you say timeless principles beat fashion every time, we talk about digital principles. And don't get me wrong, I think that's helped us mm. as a business build trust because we show up every day. You know, we appear on people's news feeds. It communicates yeah. our message. But ultimately, if I look through every decent bit of business that I've done in my timeless flagship, every single one of that has come from someone I know who has referred me that I know, mm-hmm. like, and trust that has referred me to someone they know that has then become a bit of business and has then extended yeah. into another bit of business. And you could yeah. almost draw, you could almost draw a tree with branches and a trunk and, and, and mm. the people that it's come from over time. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's almost the Holy grail. And I, and I say this to, to business owners, the, the faster you can get to the point where your customers are so delighted that they're telling their friends about you, then that, that's it. Your marketing budget will shrink over time as you do that because you'll get confident that, you know, your referral system is, is working well. So yeah, yeah. it's good. It take, it takes good time. Stuff. Right. Okay. So fifth area then. So face your situation with brutal honesty. Yeah, this is tough. This is really tough for business owners um, who've got a dream and it is um, something they've been thinking about for a long time and they want to make it work. And they're pressing ahead to try and make it work, but the numbers around them are, are telling a different story. You know that things aren't working the way they expected it to. Um, and I like um, the Stockdale paradox, which I know we've we've talked about before. But the the Stockdale paradox is this idea that James Stockdale was a, a U.S. Navy aviator in the Vietnam War, and he ends up in one of the worst prisons in Vietnam. And when he got out, he was interviewed by a journalist who said to him, "So, you know, what was it that got you through? You know." And he said, well, I was, I was brutally honest about the situation that I was in. And he said, the people who suffered the most while we were there were the optimists, which I thought was really interesting. He said, they would say to themselves, right, we're going to be out by Christmas. Christmas would come and go and they weren't out. And then they'd say, right, well, we're going to be out by Easter. And Easter would come and go and they still weren't out. And we're going to be out by Thanksgiving. And then that would come and go. And they would, they would die or they would lose the will to live as a consequence of constantly being let down because they weren't prepared to face that. So Stockdale said, you know, what you've got to do is don't confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which is what a lot of business owners, you know, have the faith that their business will be successful with the discipline to face your current situation with brutal honesty. Um, And that requires people to really look at the numbers, really test and measure the business and understand what's going well and what's not going well. And when it's not going well, just to say this is not going well. I need I need to stop doing that and think of something else, or, or spend more time and money on on a different thing. And delusion, sadly, for many business owners, is the reason why they don't get to quite where they want to be because they just won't accept the facts about their current situation. So, the Stockdale paradox is a, is an interesting one. It's obviously born of a different time and a different situation, but I think it really does apply to business owners because you got to be brutally honest with yourself fundamental principles yeah love it Mm. great analogy as well well it is i mean he was obviously in a very difficult situation and he 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 was kind of yes i'm confident that in time i will prevail but we're in a really bad situation right now and we need to get through this day by day and just make the best of it rather than dreaming about being out for christmas when there's no chance of it there's nothing quite as testing as well as business to really sort of test your resolve and test your vision um and and really put fear of doubt into you over time that mm. things things won't happen because things do get marginally better over time i think you know when i look back at when i embarked on the journey and and then and then i'm here now do i think it would have been easier i really did definitely anticipate that it would have been easier did i think that i'd have made it to where I wanted to be by now, I actually probably did. Mm. How naive was I? You know, and I think you you adjust along course, but actually part of me thought I'd be semi on to retirement, that actually I'd be really, really comfortable. Um, and then and then you realise that, you know, I, someone wise said to me last week that security is just a security is just a figment of your imagination. It's just something that you impose upon yourself in your brain. Yeah. And there's no other such thing as security. Um, which I, to be fair, it was a paradigm shifter for me. 
I think facing your situation with brutal honesty, it, it came up again in a book I was reading. It's a little bit about facing your fear as well, isn't it? It's about mm. really being able to look frankly in the mirror and have a good stern conversation with yourself. Because actually, if you're unable to do that, how are you going to change course to make those things happen, I suppose? Mm. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a thing in coaching. You know, Coaching is based on the relationship that I've got with my clients and the results that I get from my clients and the the kind of the way that we approach business and, and life and, and make progress like that. But every single client could just evaporate tomorrow, you know, so that kind of security in, in my kind of business um, is difficult to find. You know, you've got to build your business to the point where actually if there is a, a little bit of turnover in your client base because things have changed in their lives or they're pursuing a different kind of avenue, then that's just the way that is. And, and it isn't until you get to that size of business where you say, well, actually, I feel a little bit less like there's a risk here that some seismic shock would happen. And, you know, like we just had this year uh, and that people would evaporate. Um, fortunately for me, they didn't. It, it, it worked the opposite way. But that fear is still there that, um, you know, that is a brutal and honest fact about coaching businesses is that people come and go and, and, and it's a variable. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And then I sort of, you sort of think about how you'd mitigate that risk, but actually a lot of the way of mitigating risk is to then do things which will turn people away from you. So when you force them, you know, with your fear of people walking away, you can tie people into lengthy contracts and things like that, but then actually that stops you attracting them in the first place. So yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's count, counter, counterintuitive, isn't it, in a way? Yeah, that's not that's not my business. It's... Um... You know, we, we don't tie people into to long contracts precisely for that. The, the, the underlying principle for us that is that if we've got a great relationship with our clients and the clients are getting the results that they want, then it is likely that they will continue. And if we can't achieve that for any reason, then why wouldn't they go and look somewhere else? I mean, that's perfectly, uh, perfectly sensible for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. brilliant. Okay, so um, yeah, steely, uh, a steely eye on the truth and what's really happening, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so a half dozen thing then, the final half dozen thing. When you dream big, when you dream, dream big and small at the same time. Yeah, it kind of comes back to the to the first point around, um, you know, that kind of sense of it's okay not to want to take over the world. But I, I do say to people, and I know we've explored this, and it's a really interesting area, if you're going to dream and you dream big about being a millionaire or having a business of a certain size or having a, a profit of a certain size so that you can take more out of the business, that's absolutely fine. But there's, you've got to build in these intermediate steps towards that. You know? And for some people, particularly the really busy ones, I mean, I, I, I signed up a client at, uh, just at the beginning of lockdown and I said to him, you know, let's dream really big. What are the, what's the thing that you want more than anything else? And he said, I want a two-week holiday with my family. You know, so for him, that was a massive deal, a massive deal. Now, other people have talked about, you know, the helicopters and the yachts and the houses and the swimming pools and all of that kind of stuff, which is great, the material stuff or the experiential stuff as well that they want. But if you've got a big dream like that, there's got to be a stepping stone effect. And, and, and I think that's really important. There's got to be, that's my two-week holiday year. That's the first year I turn over half a million that's my first million pound year if that's what you know particular metric appeals to you and beyond that there's there's some even bigger dreams so let's create a kind of a staircase effect where we say we'll take these dreams you know one at a time and build our way up to the to the biggest ones yeah awesome stuff and that, and that's um that's very true as well because actually i don't know i don't know what mine will be I think I need to have a think about that. Uh, well, you've got to refresh them because actually what happens for most business owners, they get to that point where they've had their first half million pound year and they think, you know what? Maybe my next goal of a million pound year is, is too low and, I'm, and I want to aim bigger than that. And what I see is business owners readjusting their, their dreams because their mind has broadened or their, their view of the world has broadened or their business has gone a lot better than they thought. And suddenly they think that something that would, that would have seemed preposterous at the beginning is now well within reach. So I think that's possible. Yeah, anything's possible, right? So what's, um, what's your next big goal then, Gary? So the goal for me is to, um, to move on from where I've been doing mainly one-to-one -one coaching to get some of the group coaching programs working. So my goal for 2020 is to start two new group coaching, uh, what, what would I call them, events effectively, that will allow me to bring in the much smaller businesses. Right. So I love working with, with clients who've got, you know, the big end of small and the small end of medium, if that makes sense, to size businesses, 
because they've got capacity and, and often they've got people around them to support them. And that's, that's absolutely brilliant. But down in the smaller end of small, there is a group of business owners who want to be coached, who can't make the investment in coaching as it stands. And I want to create something that gets them into a place where they begin to see some of this stuff. So my goal for the end of this year is to have those two uh, clubs up and running so that we can help the solo entrepreneurs, the micro businesses, give them a bit of a taste of what the action coach system can do for them. So that's my, that's my short term goal. Nice. Okay. And what's the long term goal? You knew that was coming. Of course. Of course. Of course. So the long term goal for me is to get to the point in the coaching business, in my coaching firm, where I've got complete freedom of action. Uh, and it's always been my long-term goal since I first started looking at this. And that is that I want to be able to choose what I do, when I do it, if I want to do it, and be able to spend the time with my wife and my family uh, as I see fit. And for me, that means uh, moving on from, this, from the uh, single coach license to a firm license so I can employ other coaches and to get them to start doing some of the coaching and to build a business that way that eventually I can live up to my own action coach uh, mantra, which is actually the, our global mantra is we'd like people to build a commercial profitable enterprise that works without them. Well, I can't do that now because it's just me. So I need to expand the business, employ coaches and, and do like that. So I've got five years of the franchise left to run. By the end of that franchise, I hope to have something. I just pick myself up on my own language there. <laughs> I don't hope to have something. I will have something that is a business <laughs> where I've got a couple of employee coaches that can um, operate without me. So that's the long-term goal. Amazing. That's fascinating. No, that's really, really good stuff. And um, I think you've got to, you got to have the long-term goals, haven't you, as well as the short-term, but the short-term goals are really, really important because otherwise, and, and how do you, so that, that brings me on to my next thing. So celebrating success along the way, because that's important as well as you hit small milestones. So what does, uh, what does a success celebration look like? It's normally pretty muted, I've got to say. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a man of expensive tastes in the sense that, you know, if, um, if I sign a new client, it's not, it's not like me at all to go and buy a bottle of champagne and just, you, you know, um, go that way as a, as a way of celebrating a new client. What I like to do is celebrate with my clients. So when they have big thing, you know, when big events happen, when they move into their own units, for example, so they've gone from the kitchen table into the, a unit of their own or they bring on an extra member of staff or something like that, then it's a moment then when we can celebrate either just by highlighting the fact that it's happened and and being open and honest about the impact that it's having or actually doing something tangible. Um, So it's something I could be better at. I have to say, I tend to be fairly muted in my celebrations because I always think there's more that I could do. I don't don't know what the point when I would actually buy the bottle of champagne and crack it open is. I'm not sure. Yeah, no. And so that was one of the things I was thinking about. I think it comes up in... Susan Jeffers' book, Gary. So maybe it needs revisit. It does. It does come what up. It is that book? I, I'm, I'm scratching. I'm scratching my head as to what it comes up. There, there's an element in there about essentially recognizing the milestones along the way. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is that book or whether it's another I'll, one I'm reading. I'll put it, I'll put it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's about celebrating those milestones because otherwise it all becomes a bit hollow, mm. and it can it can become a bit hollow. So, like having those goals set, but actually what that success looks like along the way, mm. and and how how to celebrate it uh, sufficiently. You know, it's all it's all well and good, like uh, you know, splashing out on a Rolex. But if that's too much of a too much of an extravagance based on the goal, mm. um, so you kind of need to set yourself the the motivating success celebrations yeah um, which align well with what the actual goal is so to speak Mm. no I like that it's just I I think I'm you know I've I've been doing this for two and a half years now it still feels like early days for me and and I although my client base is growing all the time I'm really comfortable with the fact that there are reasons to celebrate it just feels like it might be too early I don't know I need to have a word with my own coach about that you've triggered something in me now for a a conversation with Bruce on Thursday. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, you, you tell Bruce. <laughs> tell oh, Bruce. Pete, Pete says Pete says I need to find something to celebrate. Well, it's not finding something to celebrate, but it's it's having the right celebration aligned with the right goal as well. I think yeah. it's what's motivating, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, otherwise, it all becomes a bit hollow. Um, and uh, yeah, so and the thing is, I preached you, but I haven't done it myself. So it's probably something that I ought to do as well, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, we, all, we all learn, don't we? I mean, it's all a, a personal style thing. I think if I asked Bruce that question, he would give me, you know, good coaching for an hour on on how important it is to do it. But 
you've got to, again, it's a bit like finding the system that works for you. Is, is it right to, to celebrate with a client? Is it right to celebrate privately? Is it right to celebrate extravagantly? Is it right just to raise a glass? What, what's, the, what's the way to do it? And I, and, I, and I don't know that I've found the answer for myself there particularly yet, but yeah, it's going to be a good session on Thursday with Bruce. I think I think I, I I explore that because one of the things I've realised as as my as I develop, and that is that I've I've shifted my mindset away from the end hitting the end and actually enjoying the process and and making the most of the process all the way through because I've realised I think what I've realised and and I guess that it's maybe my mindset expanding but as flagship grows and develops as a business and I grow and develop as a person that I realise that there's probably no end. What my end is, is probably going to grow itself. Yeah. Remember we read that? We read that. Exactly. Exactly. And he he said there are no winners. You can't win in business and in life. Exactly. So, and, and, and I think I'm just trying to find that in myself because it's kind of, it feels kind of counterintuitive that I feel like I need to have a big success or at some point I'm going to, sell the business for like however much money and and then and then it's going to be okay because i can relax but actually i'm never going to relax because there's always going to be something else and actually if i just continue like that my life is going to end up being quite hollow so absolutely amazing self-awareness there you know so many people don't have that kind of insight into themselves and uh yeah that's a really good way of looking at it yeah but i'm not i'm also not condoning the you know you know like behaving when I say behaving like you're successful when you're not successful, but mm. at the same time, you've got to find that balance because people say you've got to be it till you see it or fake it till you make it or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not one of those people for going, you know, I'm, I'm just going to hire a supercar because I can't really afford one, but that's why I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's making sure that you've got the right outcomes for what you're achieving, I suppose, as, as you hit them. Anyway, um, Gary, half dozen things. <laughs> wow. It's like it's like flown by, hasn't it? Right, hasn't it? Just is that an hour? Is it? Yeah, yeah gen- genuinely, genuinely. You, wow. you've, got, you've got probably a couple of minutes just to tell people about how they can find you and where to find you. And I'll, I'll give a quick endorsement first. Gary's absolutely fantastic at what he does. Genuinely, genuinely, really good. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you join me on the podcast as well and share your insights as well because they've been very thoughtfully uh, laid out and, uh, and, and and absolutely beautifully and articulately um, explained as well. I'm not sure articulately is a word, which is quite <laughs> paradoxical, which is quite paradoxical because <laughs> I couldn't have it said is it now. more inarticulately. <laughs> You're blushing, Pete. I am. You are literally, actually blushing. I literally, yeah, because I, I, I tried to pride myself on my vocabulary, but there we go. I've absolutely fucked it up there. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. Over to you, Gary. So if you want to find me, yeah, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. I'm on there as myself, obviously. Um, I uh, don't have a business page for my own franchise. I'm also on Facebook, Action Coach Peterborough. And if you go to actioncoach.co.uk slash my name, Gary Crosby with a double R, then you can you can find me there. And um, what I tend to do on that, to, on those channels is just make people aware of the fact that we've got lots of events coming up, like the group coaching I was telling you about, the planning workshop that's coming up. Um, and then intersperse that with some kind of, particularly on LinkedIn, with some kind of thought-provoking stuff just to get people thinking about, you know, what does it mean to be in business? Um, I ask questions like, what do you what do you want to create? Is a great question for any business owner. What are you actually trying to create? Because it's really important. So find me in all of those channels. And um, our first conversations are always just about finding out what you'd like to do differently or better in your business. So um, it's, a, it's a kind of voyage of discovery because I, I go into those conversations with three things in mind. Um, and it's pretty straightforward, really. Will, you, will coaching generate enough additional um, profit in your business that it will effectively be free? Because that's what we want. We want a return on investment. Second thing is, will coaching help you to get where you want to go faster than you can do it on your own? Because again, sometimes being given a bit of a shove is good for people. They, they like that accountability. Uh, and the final thing is, do we click? Do we get on? Is it going to be fun? Are we going to actually enjoy working with each other? And all three questions, those three questions have got to be a yes. Um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's not worth us working together. So that's my principles behind it. And if we, if we do answer yes to all of those three questions, then we'd be stupid not to be working because you're going to get something out of it. 
uh, it's going to be good for you and your business. So. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so true as well. And what, what I'd say to, if people are listening and it seems like coaching sounds a bit scary and a bit expensive and you're not sure that you can afford it, try out the growth club, mm-hmm. which is the quarterly planning, which is normally a nominal or, or I suggest a normally mm-hmm. a nominal amount and, you know, give it a try. Mention my name so that I've suggested <laughs> it, you know, not that, because I'm not on commission, but at the same time, it'd be good for Gary to see the reach that mm. the podcast has got. So mention the podcast, but go on the growth club. I'm sure that Gary will do you a very good deal on it. If you mention the podcast, go try it out, see Gary in action and, and actually sort of experience the action coach model initially and then, and then make decisions from there because that's a fantastic opportunity mm. for you to plan the next 90 days and, and to sort of see, see what's out there. Okay. Which is what you did. Um, anyway, yeah. which is exactly, yeah. exactly what well, I did. Go back and, to, uh, right back to that. I remember yeah. the review in which you said, you know, I was really skeptical about spending a day doing this. It's okay to be skeptical. You've got to come along and try it. The next one's on the 3rd of September, by the way, the growth club. So timing is good for that. 3rd of September. Yeah, timing is good. Uh, Hopefully this will be out just in time for it. So um, fantastic. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys have got some value from it. Um, I really appreciate you leaving your feedback, subscribing and sharing uh, your loved ones and your friends or people that you think might be interested or maybe people that you hate that you want to send to sleep or something like that. But anyway... uh, (laughs) I don't know why that just came out. But anyway, we'll see you all next week. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmart. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.